Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Of course, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for your continued support week after week. No matter where or when you tune in on this podcast, your presence means the world to me. If you haven't officially joined the Immigrant Nation community, I encourage you to click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And another way to engage with our community is by following us on social media, where our handle is An Immigrant's Life. There, you will find intriguing images, audio clips, and other content that I think you'll find interesting. It is also the place to reach out if you or someone you would like to be a guest on the podcast. And alternatively, you can send an email to animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. Let's connect and let's share your beautiful story. Tune in to our latest episode as we sit down with a talented tattoo artist. Her journey is not in short of remarkable, from being a medical professional to being a booming tattoo artist in just over three years. Uh, in our conversation, we delve into the alluring world of tattoos, her creative process, the importance of financing the balance between life and work, and the challenging business aspect of being an artist. This is a very interesting episode and it's such a light conversation, and I'm pretty sure you will enjoy it. So tune in and be inspired, and let me get to the point. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a tattoo artist. She used to use syringe to cure people physically, but now she just uses it to heal people spiritually or emotionally. Everyone, please welcome Aliana Reyes. Oh, that was so nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I really do appreciate this. And it's really great to be able to be out there, especially coming from, you know, Asian-American background, not doing a normal standardized job in healthcare mm. or, you know, the normal nine to five, like going into the arts, which is, we all know that's very hard to, drift away from our heritage and what they really push our our families who really wanted <laughs> also still want to bring pride to the the whole community and everything like that of course of course uh, first of all thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for reaching back <laughs> i'm sorry it took so long but oh. i appreciate the patience and I'm, I'm, thank you for reaching out too because this is, I never would have thought someone like me would be noticed at all. Like, I'm just a small-time tattoo. I'm just growing mm. on my own pace, too. I'm only been doing this. I hit three years in October. I'm very new. Congratulations. So it's, it's an honor that someone like you notice me, and I, I see what you do, and I've seen your rewards and what you put out there. And Thank you. Wow, your editing is great, too. Like, the music in the background, too. And I watch yours, like, wow, this is a vibe. You, how do you not have more people? Like, in, <laughs> But I know social media is hard. It's hard out there. Yeah, it's 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 hard. But, like, it was so funny when you reached back. I was like, I would really love to have her on. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work. Like, it happens all the time, you know? 
And then you respond, like, <laughs> what is going on right now? And it's I got so, so excited. Yay, I got you know, like oh. it was like the universe aligned, you know. And I yes, got so excited because like God. the only rule that that I set up for the podcast, if if a person wants to come on, is you have to be a cool person. That's all I care about. Oh, I you appreciate know? that. I like to, I don't want to say I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, someone thinks I'm cool. What are you <laughs> <I'm> talking like, <laughs> about? Yeah, it's funny because I'm like, oh, I do tattoos, but I and when I introduce them, I tell them. I do the nerdy tattoos. I love doing anime, pop culture, video games. And that used to be something when you're younger, you would get bullied for it or you would have to kind of hide. Like I remember growing up, you know, I played a lot of video games. Like that was my pastime. I was also very active at sports and everything. And I used to draw a lot. You know, everyone drew on the corner of their test papers growing up and all. <laughs> but then it was always like, you, everyone was like, no, you have to study. It's school. You can't be meant around you have to go get your nursing degree you have to do something college like traditional roots and I understand it's a different generation but then I love art and I loved anime especially loved anime and it's <laughs> kind of cool see it's cool seeing it now how big it's come up just the fact that it's in pop you can see it in designer clothing and streetwear mm-hmm. video like video games just one piece live action that just came out i was so excited about that because i have a lot of my <laughs> friends who don't watch anime and they're watching it because they hear how much i talk about it mm. they're like and they're giving it a shot it's like it's a nice like connection for people I and mean, so much so easy to talk to people who watch it watch things like it's not just cartoons yeah of course like like interesting stuff that expands your brain it gives you a different perspective mm-hmm. and by the way let me need i need to come out i haven't seen one piece <gasps> oh no well okay i've seen Parts pieces. of it, yeah, because my when the kids watch it, I pass by, I'm like, what is this garbage? And they're like, it's One Piece, the greatest anime <laughs> of all time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch a little bit. And then I'll talk smack about it, because I grew up with <laughs> anime too, you know? But I'm like, of course, I've got older, I I got other things that I want to deal oh, with. Oh no, it's hard to have time. I, see, I understand that. I didn't have time for, actually, it's like kind of bringing, I re- recently, like past maybe four years is when I reintroduce myself into getting back into finding more time for myself to go back into gaming to to take some time back and relax to spend time with friends family to also like get back into things like I'm back playing tennis again which I used Mm. to do in high school I've been playing I was actually in a volleyball tournament yesterday so I'm a little tired and sore how's the knees oh my knee it was outdoors also and it was very hot and (laughs) sunny why why but it was fun because I haven't done that since 2018 and it's Mm. so like sometimes you need to take a step back from work and all the stress of life because as an adult you don't have that time but you have to make the time Mm. to de-stress because it's hard you can't just it can't be just work all the time because that's how you get burnt you're getting people burn out quickly and then you're not happy yeah, I like what you said that because you know how people says that find the job that you like and you'll never work the day of your life. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Or I totally is like... agree with that. And because I've, I've done it and I've worked in different areas of the medical field when I was in nursing school. I was a medical assistant for a bit too. And I, I went to school at night for nursing. I, I, I even flunked out at one point. You know, I had all those struggles too. And I was trying to figure out, like, do I really want to be in medical? I, and I loved working in the hospital. I loved patient health care. And then when COVID hit, it was 
I saw a lot of the bad sides of the medical field where it came to insurance and the hospitals not taking care of their people. And that really hurt. Like not taking care of their patients, not taking care of their own staff. And they really just like working under those conditions. It really got to me mentally, especially. So I took a risk. I took a step back from it. Um, I did get COVID while in the initial first phase of that when it happened in 2020. So like, I think end of February, 2020, I got, I was like in one of the areas that first got hit with COVID. I was working in that, around that area in in New Jersey. So we had a lot of the first cases. I got very sick, ended up with like bilateral pneumonia. I never fully recovered from that. Definitely like, hence my my weights in the background. Till now? Till now, like I do have a hard time like breathing. Like it's not the same. And even so now, but I'm fortunate enough, like I didn't lose anyone close to me because of it. And and, because it was a hard time and that was a big, big change. And that's what really got me to rethink what I wanted to do with my life. Because my Lola was, she lived, she lives by, she lived by herself. She didn't want me to take care of her, like living with her. She's very independent woman. She was a nurse for 40 years, labor and delivery when she came to this country. And I wanted to be closer to her. So that also helped me change my job because my best friend growing up, he's, he's also a tattoo artist. He switched from being in the army and he pursued tattooing in 2017. So he actually came back from San Diego his wife was in deployed she's in the navy and while he was here during covid he said i want to open up a business would you want to apprentice under me because i know you've always loved art Get, just give it a shot just try it out if you don't like it you know so you still have your regular medical job your regular seven to three and I'm like okay i'll do it on the side and my my boyfriend was very supportive he's like if you really want to do it just give it a shot we're stuck inside anyways why not so i did my very first tattoo in our, we were living in an attic apartment, a little one bedroom attic. It was so small and tiny <laughs> with, our, with our, with our cats. And I had saran wrapped and I saran wrapped our ottoman, right? And my friend had dropped off one stencil. I made a design. It was a mandala. The first tattoo I ever did, I had one stencil, one needle. I had been practicing on fruits, on oranges, bananas for like about a couple of weeks. And this is probably, I got the machine in March. And I, so this is around August. This is when I did my first tattoo. And I, I saran wrapped our ottoman in our living room. And I had it, I put the stencil on his arm. And then he's like, I only had one shot. I couldn't read it because I didn't have another thing print. So I was like, all right, my love. I was like, okay, do you like this spot? Because that's it. He has tattoos though. So it's okay if I, it was going to be underneath another tattoo. And he's like, that's fine. So I, I, was, I had everything set up, my tray and everything. And I looked at his arm and I said, I, always, I tell everyone this story. I said, one second, I'll be right back. I went and threw up because I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. And it's just funny because like I've 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 bagged bodies, I've dealt with stage four ulcers, I've cleaned stomas, I've taken blood, I've injected things. But the fact that I was about to tattoo someone made me so nervous and scared. It's funny. So I'm like, it's a needle, it's the same thing, but it's just drawing on someone. I was so nervous. And to this day, like I, every time I look at it, the tattoo with him, like we've been together for four years and I've been tattooing for almost three. So whenever I see it, I'm like, please let me fix that. And he's like, no, I love it how it is. Cause it's the first one. Like I'm the one who has this, like, this was your first design, your drawing. I didn't even know what style I wanted to do. I just did 
he wanted something like space and molecular so I just did some like mandala looking thing for him like something that he like this is one of one I don't want anything you I don't want you to touch anything and change it because who can say that I have the very first tattoo you did and I mm -hmm. see it every day yeah that's yeah. beautiful it's like it's like a symbol of your love and I know, trust and, and it, it it was because he if it wasn't for him like because you know when you're apprentice you're it's a lot of time that you need to put in and you're not making much you're not it's a lot of grunt work and it's what you kind of have to do it's just how it works and you have to build up a clientele and that's the best part too i i did really build up a clientele that they still come back now and it's i like i'll look at them like wow you've been here since the beginning and they always tell me that they really do see my growth and because sometimes i don't see it myself you know you're you're your own worst uh critic in a sense Every time I look at my stuff, I, I zoom in, I nitpick, and I'm like, I could have done this, I should have done this. But then I have other people who come to me and they're like, wow, like that last tattoo you did was insane. Like, when did you get like that good? Like, what, like, what, how'd you do this? How'd you figure this out? I'm like, you see, you see a difference because I don't. And sometimes I need that like reassurance because there's a whole, um, what is the term? Mm, I'm forgetting the term for it imposter syndrome especially mm. in this industry yeah. um you know because there's people who feel like you know there's people who can draw right on the skin they could they see it they envision it but for me i'm someone who i like to really prepare i like to even when i used to be in school i would write i would type my notes for class i would, I would write my notes for class then i would type it and then i would color code it like i'm very like i <laughs> To a T, I like to have things planned, and it's it's funny because I then sometimes I feel like I overplan it. Like even when I do my designs, I tell my clients like, "You're not going to see it till the day of," and that's just out of respect because I've had times where people have taken the design, they mm. go to get it done somewhere cheaper, and it sucks. No, so much, yeah, that it happens? happens. It does happen, and what an ass! I know, and it's like I I try to be very transparent with people to be like, "Hey, if there's a budget." You know, you're also, but remind you, like, you're also paying for my time because this is a job that I have to take home. I I can't just, like, it's not like, you know, when you do your nine to five, you're done. When I have to bring home, I have to come home and draw. Like, you don't really get a break from this. Hmm. It's kind of hard because then sometimes you do lose the spark of creativity because then, then, then it does get to work. So then I finally found a way to make it more fun where I put out flash designs of things I want to do because I feel like I'm finally at that point where I'm like, you know what? I could say no. I used to not say no. I would do everything. I will admit I've done probably like some, uh, not, probably not the best with hood tattoos. Like you can mm. see on like basketball players, like you know which tattoos, <laughs> the flames, the angels, the prayer, <laughs> like the praying hands. I've done those when in the beginning. Mm. And when I realized that wasn't for me, and I found my style. I love fine line, especially being so close to New York City. Mm -hmm. I do get a lot of people who are like, they don't want to go all the way to the city. And they also, because it's expensive. It definitely is. So I try to keep a fair range for that. And I also understand I'm, I'm new at this. And I just I kind of just want to do it. And I'd rather charge, charge myself lower, like charge a lower rate, but do things I want to do and have fun and like meet other people. I get so many, I love like, getting i just recently had a client from minnesota come minnesota uh, minnesota yeah that's she was, fine she was, yeah she, she she said she made a whole trip because she was like black pink was here and then she wanted to get a tattoo and i'm like minnesota like 
I was because she, she came in and I was like your accent is, I was like where are you from and she's like oh I'm from Minnesota I'm like oh my gosh she's so she's so cute and she's like she's this little Cambodian girl she's hmm. adorable and she's like yeah she's I, I Cambodian mean, looking like, and speaks like with the accent of Minnesota Minnesota yes it was that's the I was cutest. so caught up it was so cute and then she was she was going to Blackpink and I was telling her oh my gosh I love Blackpink too and it's fun because uh tattooing like you meet so many people and I used to be very introverted like something like this I would have never done before and initially um I would I would have to have our shop manager be the one to kind of converse with my clients because I was very a little awkward no yeah I was I'm not I was not a very like that bad yeah I was like very kind of like oh I would try to talk but I was very shy so I kind of would have I'd be like oh I'm just gonna keep this in just to have like some background sometimes my music doesn't align with whatever we're playing in the shop like a different mm. vibe like maybe i want to have my own or I'll, I'll listen to i mean sometimes when i'm tattooing i listen to murder podcasts i'm very into true crime <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of funny i'll be like listening to that and uh <laughs> and then uh, it's either that or it's anime music so it's one or the other there's, there's no in or k-pop there's no in between anymore and um but yeah so and I gradually started to, I was like, I have to be more comfortable because a tattooing, it's such an intimate experience and it's an uncomfortable and it's scary, especially for like a lot of first timers. So the way I do, the way I tattoo and the way I want, like I portray how I tattoo is like, I want the experience to be how I wished my first experiences were. Cause I, I get a lot of people who tell me like, I got a tattoo 10 years ago. And it was horrible. So that's why it took me so long to come back. And I I hate hearing that because it's art. And it sucks that all it takes is one bad experience to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so why I, really I never have of, a tattoo. Yeah. Oh, no. That's why. I, like, I, when I was younger, I thought of it. And then I start, you know, uh, time passes. And I'm like, I don't think I have the personality for it. Because <laughs> I know... It's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I for me, it's like... Once it's there, it's forever, right? Well, oh, quote-unquote forever. Is. But I'm a type of a person that, like, gets into something and then I go crazy on that thing. And then I just, once I'm finished, I'm finished. I move on. Yeah. Yeah, it isn't for everyone. And there's, I, I, it's funny because I remember being like, oh, I'm never going to have all these tattoos. And obviously, I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm a big Zelda fan, so I have okay. a master story. That's beautiful. But... Which one's like, your first tattoo? My ooh, my first tattoo, I it was um it's on my ribs actually. Mm. So my first tattoo, I went the day I turned eighteen. My birthday is June thirtieth. So normally I'm there's no school, but it was the one year that school was extended till that day. I went right after high school with my friend. He was older, and then he's a year older, but he was close with my cousin. And I was like, hey, we're gonna go to the bus stop by school. There's a tattoo shop there. I'm gonna get my first tattoo. My first tattoo. I'm gonna put it on my ribs though, because I need to hide it from my parents. Because my dad is heavily tattooed though. Okay. But I was not allowed to get that. Not that I wasn't allowed, but I know my mom was be very upset because my dad would always joke, "I have enough tattoos for the whole family." He would always <laughs> say that. He's like he is covered. I have not tattooed him yet either. He's fully covered, like his whole arms, his chest, wow. up to his neck here. And he's in, he's a fashion designer. So. I remember, and then I made sure I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my first tattoo. I signed the waiver and everything, and then the guy, the tattoo artist asked, "What? What do you want?" And I was like, okay, I want. I had to be safe. I needed to get something in case my parents found out that they would be okay with it. 
So my dad had carpe diem on his wrist. So I was like, okay, I just want carpe diem. Just carpe diem, seize the day. And on my ribs, I gave the guy my 80 bucks. I, he put the stencil on. It's on my right rib here. And I remember having my arm up. He did it. It was so painful. <laughs> I was holding my friend's hand and I made it bleed. My friend, I, and my friend fell. Like, I, I was grabbing it. It was only like 15 minutes. It was so quick. And then the guy in <laughs> this big, muscular, bald, biker looking guy. And then he's like, I'm done. And then we both looked at it and was like, is it supposed to have the little thing on top of the carpet? <laughs> like to make the accent? No. And, and, but we weren't sure. So we, we both looked at each other like, and we kept looking it up like, do you add it or you don't? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, let's just not add it. Because just in case, they could always add it later. But honestly, I would never do my ribs again. That, that painful. Right? Speaking of that, which part of the body is the most painful to get tattooed? Most painful. Um, off the so most painful. I don't have this part done. Inner bicep. Mm. What we like, what we joke around and like to say, where the sun doesn't shine, that's where it's going to hurt the most. Why? Because so, your skin is a lot more sensitive in those areas. It's okay. not tough skin at all. Um, I have my sternum done. That was a very sensitive spot on, mm. right on the bone. Mm. Bony spots are also. Uh, it's funny because legs feel very different from your arms because they're you know your legs, especially. I find a lot of my, my Filipino clients who have very muscular legs and calves, especially <laughs> they find those, those legs are very painful spots for them. In mm. comparison, it's just because there's a lot of nerve endings, a lot of sensitivity. When you think about it, you're always using them. And besides those spots, you would palms, hands. I have my fingers done. It's, I did them just to, when I was really set on the industry, because I, that this is a job stopper. If I ever wanted to leave the field, even though, Tattoos should be more accepted in some fields. I feel like it's a different generation that shouldn't be stigmatized on body art. Like it, I get it if it's a, if it's something that is inappropriate that should be covered up, and especially depending on the setting. Like you know, but body art's an expression, and I like people do florals. They're beautiful. Yeah, um, they are beautiful. Have you done a face tattoo on someone? No, I do have. I do say no to those. I do say no. Mm. And the, the only one who bothers me for a face tattoo is my dad. And I don't do it. Because um, for face tattoos, it's such a big thing. Like, I probably would never do it unless someone is already fully ta tattooed or is also another artist. And that's just me. Everyone has their own. There, there are people who will do it just for the money. You know? And that's the thing. I'm also that someone who's like, I don't want to just take tattoos, like take out a request just to take the money i want to do it because you know it's something i feel comfortable doing it's a style that i can do you know and i want to make sure the work is done right otherwise i will i will give a client to another artist or i'll recommend them to someone who can uh give them what they what what they're envisioning because there's a lot of artists who will like you kind of lose the love for it the t love for it and focus more on the money so they'll just do, do these pieces, do these pieces, even if it's not like something they really wanted to. And I feel like there's, you could still have joy in your work and you just have to prioritize what you want to do. And sometimes you have to sacrifice, like sacrifice, you know, maybe I have to say no to these designs, but, and focus more on my own create, my own creativity and take more time on that. And like, you might lose out on some money, but then you, 
have some more joy. It's really a balancing act too. That's always been the problem with or challenge with artists, right? Like it's either mm-hmm. you go for the money and your art suffers or you go uh, you go focus too much on your art and then you don't make money. And then your wallet suffers. Exactly. There's like it's such a fine line and it's easy because there will be times, especially when there's slow months. Summer is horrible for tattoo artists. Summer is yeah. so bad. Why? It's very, bec- when, when it's summertime everyone's out you don't get tattoos because you need at least uh three to four weeks no you cannot be um submerging in water mm. so no pool no ocean if you're getting a tattoo in the summer and you know even just like depending especially where you are like the constant sun exposure is very damaging to fresh tattoos so it's very slow during summer for us and it's harder in the summer for tattoo artists because we're really really banking on you know clients we we make that's how we make our money it's not like we have we don't have pto we don't have a 401k you know <laughs> we really we really rely on people booking and it's also very hard when you get people who cancel last minute or just don't show up because then that's a whole day gone and yeah and it happens it happens do you call and them we try we really do because for me uh for well for at least for my shop well, most shops do it too we do we have a booking app and which sends out we send out reminders like you get um, a week reminder then a 48 hour reminder also and then you get confirmations like you have the clients have to confirm too so that we're being like pretty active with communication with them and even through that sometimes you still get people who just don't show up at all and it's like all it takes is a like just call us text us like we won't be upset i'd rather you tell me that you're not coming than for me to be waiting there because sometimes I worry. I worry about my clients. I'm like, oh no, did something happen? Did they get in an accident or anything like that? And I've waited like one time I've waited an hour for someone and then they just said, oh, I over, not that they're like, oh, sorry, but I overslept. And that's a different situation, but I've had people just not show up at all and just completely like lose like contact with them. And it's just like, I, you know, I kind of wanted to be re- have like respect for my time, even with like lateness too. People don't realize like even being 10, 15, we have a 10 minute grace period. No. And I always like to overextend my time just to make sure like, you know, we have time to converse about the design beforehand. Cause if, especially if you're seeing the day of, I give time to resize, make little minor changes. But even if you're 15 minutes late for an appointment, it pushes back so much because realistically you get there the process of like from you getting there to me even getting the needle on your skin there's probably like another 30 45 minutes of setting up before that people don't realize that so it really pushes back the whole day and then i feel like it's so unfair to the people after that who we're going to come on time that they get pushed back and then i have to like kind of balance that too and i've been a lot more stricter about that i used to let everyone kind of like step over me before so i had i had to please them because you know i'm just starting out i was just like i always said yes i'm like okay it's fine like whenever I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't take a new, a new normally a policy is that um if they reschedule you get first reschedule you keep the deposit rolls over it's still granted because that deposit goes towards the cost it's like a, the deposit's a commitment to the appointment it's saying like hey I value your time I'm committed to this I want to get this tattoo and that's it and that's a payment and that goes directly towards me too but and if they have to reschedule again, we usually take a second deposit because that is then at that point, it's like, hey, you're you're doing it again. And this is push. This is hard on my schedule. So yeah. you need to pay again. And that's does 
you lose their initial deposit. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I used to be like, no, it's okay. I won't take a second. And then those people, those were the people who'd not show up again. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I need to do what's best for me. I need to stand my ground. I need to stop being too. Everyone tells me that I'm too nice, and I was like, okay. And the first time I did, I was like, oh, are they going to be upset at me? And the the person was like, oh no, I completely understand. And I said, oh, okay. So that was easy. That wasn't as bad as I thought. I don't know why I thought they would be upset with me, but they're like, no, I understand. It's your time. I, I'll absolutely send a deposit, another deposit. And it's like, anxiety. Yeah. It's the, oh my gosh. It is so much anxiety because, you know, artists, you have to be your own promoter. Mm-hmm. You, have to be, you have to be the one to put yourself out there. I didn't think going into an art field that like, tattooing or this industry i had to learn how to make tiktoks i had to manage social media i had to do emails bookings i didn't realize there's there's so much interactive things you have to do and it's mm-hmm. so much to keep up with like i really use a calendar and my calendar is like it's so filled with so many things i have to do and i have to give myself deadlines and mm-hmm. it's like you're you're you work for someone but you're also your own boss at the same time mm-hmm. yeah so for sure balancing acts you know, How are you dealing it, with the people pleasing? Better, better. better I feel like I've, I get a lot of people now that they kind of know me, or like I, I feel like I do a lot of. Con- I like to have consultations too with clients before we really get into the tattoos, like even before booking an appointment. And that I'm glad. Like I'm very blessed. I get a lot of great clients, very good personalities. I have not had a handful of bad experiences tattooing like there's definitely people who uh like artists who have probably had like horror stories where people like came in drunk or were yelling or screaming or stuff like that i'm our shop is only appointment based too so we don't even do, take in walk-ins and i always offer consultations especially for first-time people if they just want to just get a vibe because sometimes you need to vibe with your artist and see if it's someone you want to work with or even if the, to just talk about the design if you're unsure and to mm-hmm. see if you're on the same page or even just get some inspiration for other things because maybe your your idea like would look good as some like as a graphic but not as a tattoo there's like something some things that get lost in translation when you're just yeah. typing on through text and instagram when you're just dming and sometimes they just i like to have a conversation well, and sure. just show them what i'm thinking for mm-hmm. sure there's no like an 18 year old coming and asking for a carpet diem uh, tattoo you know Oh my gosh! And oh, it's it's so weird now. Then you're seeing these young kids uh, that are when they sign the waiver in, and I look at the date, and they're like, "Oh my god, they're 18! They're getting a tattoo!" And I'm looking at the tattoo, and I'm like, "Oh, I can't." The fact that the kids that are 2,000 and can get tattoos now, I, I feel so old. <laughs> so old. And my, I ha- I'm the oldest of four, mm. so I'm 28. My sister is, I've two sisters and a brother my sister a 14 year old sister she just started her freshman year of high school hmm. my brother's 13 my other sister's 12 so back to back whoa what a space yeah big space yeah big space <laughs> and yeah my mom my mom had me when she was uh 14 so what? yeah that it's, is early so, very early so i grew up i grew up uh only child and then i grew up Raising children, pretty much in high school. Like yeah, being Filipina. Because my and my mom was a working mom. You have to be the ate. You have to be the nanai. You have to like, mm. hey, make sure they do the homework. They're fed and everything. And it's so funny, my mother, because she she is second. She's second gen. She was born here, and mm. she's young. My mother has no ounce of Filipino in her. 
I don't know what happened. And because my um, my mom went to school, so she went to get her master's, and uh, she's an accountant. She went to get her master's, her MBA. So my Lola, my my Lola, my Lola would take care of me. My Lola was in the Navy. He retired, took care of me. So I grew up more with them. We live, with, I still live with my mom there. And then my Lola was still a nurse, but I was always around them. And somehow, like it just that the Filipino like wanting to connect with the culture skipped that generation for my mom. She's been there once. I used to go there every summer growing up. I would be, be uh, there. I, I didn't know if that was punishment. Maybe I was a bad kid. But I used to <laughs> love going. I was, all, all, uh, my family was from Camarillas Norte in Duarte. And then my Lolo side was in Iloilo. So I would all, I would spend like one month in the south and one month in the north. And I used to Ooh. love it because it was like the country versus the city. Yeah. Um, my Lola side would have like the the carabao and the rice patties. So we'd always <laughs> be trying to like bother them. And then I'd, and we're like running around just in the market and everything and then my family always being like don't speak english when you're here and i'm like but i can't speak anything else <laughs> and they I never thought un- you how to speak it anyway no like and it's a and i <laughs> and I, i'm still so like sometimes i feel so ashamed like i i they never taught me how to speak yeah or like clear and like i can understand bits and pieces if it's slow enough like in context too and I that is something in the future like if I do ever have children I would love for them to learn like I'm 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 starting to like learn immerse myself in more languages I am doing Japanese of course because that is what I do and I do plan on going to Japan and hopefully in the next two years I want to do a trip there um for like a couple weeks I'm learning that I'm doing Japanese Uh, my Spanish is pretty okay but I definitely want to (laughs) get Tagalog is on the list because I do want to pass that down eventually Hundred mm, percent. You mentioned earlier that you were a troublemaker when you were young. What kind of troubles you got into? Oh, I was just like I was just such a tomboy. I was a tomboy. I was I was the girl who was trying to get into the fights with the with my with my boy cousins because you know we're roughhousing. I was I mean I was always like I was an only child hmm. for fourteen years. I did I played basketball. My dad was my coach, and <laughs> up until. Up until fourth grade, I went to Catholic school too. There was no girls team until fifth grade. So I played on the boys team. So I was very, I was like rough and tough. I was always getting dirty. I played video games. My, I would stay up late. My mom would always be like, oh, you're not studying. Like, why are you doing this and that? And she's, and then I'd be like a mess. Like I'll, even in high school, I did JROTC in high school. I loved doing, I love, yes. I, did I hate that. that shit, bro. I hate that. Like you're not telling me what to do. Get out of here. I loved it. I don't know. I I I almost honestly went into the army because of it. My mom said you're not going into the army. I'm like why not? And I'll kill you for, first. Literally, I did it for all four years of high school. I loved it. I we were hmm. we, we won competitions. I every Wednesday we wore a uniform. We would be there before the school opened. We had our. And then every Saturday we had practices in the park, seven a.m. Every what? Saturday, and this is what our honor. And I, and you know what the funny thing is that we were the cool ones in high school. <laughs> ROTC, JROTC was cool in high school because <laughs> I went to a very nerdy high school. It was like a very college prep. You had to test to get in in Jersey City. Mm. And the JROTC was the the cool kids growing up. And it's just so funny because like me, and my best friend, he was the commander. My best mm. friend was the commander. He he's the dorkiest of the dorks. <laughs> oh, or you don't have to so- tell me. He's the leader of the dorks. And it's funny because his wife was his second in command. Too. 
his his current wife now and but now just, she's in command now she's in command it's so <laughs> funny but yeah when, i used to love it we would compete in kentucky it was like the whole road trips going all the way there mm. and the camaraderie of course camaraderie yeah and like having groups and and i also did sports so it was, it was a lot i was very active and i was always out and about and so i guess i did i would lose my focus on studying because i wanted to do wanted to play basketball i wanted to do swimming i wanted to do tennis i had jrtc practice mm -hmm. i was trying to do dancing also on the side like i did so much i wanted to do art and mm -hmm. my mom was like you need to focus on your math and i was like i hate calc i hate stats i don't like these classes i want to do i i used to love we had an ap film class it was the best class i did ap film ap mm -hmm. art history sculpture fine arts i did those classes i like my focuses and then Then I did like you know, of course I had my bio, my regular like science and math. I, I was I love science. It's math. I don't like math. No one <laughs> likes math. Well, nerds. Oh I mean, I'm yeah. grateful that some people loves math. Yeah, I'm grateful. Has to. Yeah, because you know somebody has to calculate the sun, the distance of the sun to the earth, or something like that. You know? <laughs> someone had to. Some yeah, someone had to figure that out for sure. But uh, it's not it's for hard. me. Yeah, and then it's hard when your mother is an accountant. <laughs> you're trying to do math homework and she's just like why can't you do it i'm like you're stressing me out so have you, you ever have them i don't know if your parents did it but like they're trying to help you with your homework she's like why don't you just get it and i'm like and then you're crying because i can't get it because you're mad <laughs> <laughs> like, girl i do that with my kids now <laughs> oh my god i don't know like one plus one like why can't two. you get it? <laughs> one plus one two one plus one eleven <laughs> Uh, Yo, you oh don't know how hard to teach someone till you teach a toddler about one plus one, bro. I, I swear I to God. I hope I have a couple years before I have years before that, but but it's it's probably funny now. You probably see it from the other side. Oh, I I will take probably a tattoo on my rib over <laughs> teaching a kid one plus one because that's how painful it is. It's so oh. painful. It's just like you, like what your mom said. Like, how can you not get it? It's one <laughs> plus one. It doesn't even make sense. Oh. Who'd push you to be uh, in uh, medical? Because mom is uh, accountant. It was no, it was my mom. But my you, mom she's an accountant. She didn't push <laughs> you to be an accountant. Exactly. I said, mom, you're pushing me to be a nurse and be in the medical field, but you're not even a nurse. And she was just like, but my mom, she, the because how she grew up. They, they didn't grow up wealthy. They didn't grow up poor. But she, I know she always wanted what was best for me. And but it, it was hard because I know she always put into my head, "You need to get a job that's going to make you money." And that was that was the mindset. She said, "Nursing is going to make you money, and anything medical is going to make you money. Just go into that. You do PT, do OT, nursing, something medical. You don't got to be a doctor, but just something." And I had like, I would just, you know, when you're 17 or 18 and you have to make this decision to go to a college and really like, and pick a, pick um what your major is going to be. And that's supposed to be for the rest of your life. That's, it's scary. That and, is scary. And my high school, unfortunately, like I loved my high school, but the one thing they found upon a lot was community colleges, which okay. aren't, they were very like, you cannot go to a community college it is um it it's low, the low they would like kind of like make it seem like demeaning they really push like we had a lot of people who would go to um the ivy league schools or like the big like those like the big 10 schools 
Mm-hmm. They really push for that, like those four-year colleges. But if I had known that you could get your credits so much cheaper at a community college, like do the first two years there, mm-hmm. then transfer, I would have saved so I wouldn't have given so much debt that I have. But I didn't know that. And and then also and no one really teaches support. you that. No one teaches because you it's that. a game. It's the same education. You're mm-hmm. getting the same. You just need to get the gen ed. You're just getting your major stuff at the call co- at the four year. Mm-hmm. And you get the paper that says, well, let's say Harvard, whatever. And you know what? Who looks at that after? No one. No one you could have people shit. from Harvard who have the worst bedside ever. Mm-hmm. And just because they're smart doesn't mean they have ethics, you know. And that's what got me so frustrated. Like during like. Even just like after college, when I realized I'm like I could have saved so much time and money, could have figured it out differently. Because right away I had I was forced like I have to be in this nursing program, so I was just so co- stuck on that. I originally went undecided, but I made sure to be in the science field. I went for like my master of science. Like I stayed in the field just in case. Like maybe I was going to go in psych or something, just some somewhere to be around there. And then when I when I flunked out of nursing the nursing program by one point the first time oh bro it was bad it was very very bad and i was literally like this is my whole life imploding i'm like what do i do it's like this is everything like and i couldn't tell my mom i was so scared i'm like i can't tell her like i was like how do i tell her and they and then i was dorming and they they didn't they lived in boston at the time so i i was all alone here and i was just like i need to figure this out on my own so i took loans out and like i redid my classes and everything and then I got, and then I got my degree. Just I just have a bachelor of science just to get it done. And then I wanted to go back for nursing. A couple of years later, I was just trying to figure myself out. I was I worked a lot of restaurant jobs. I was hosting. Uh, I was working kitchen. Always worked at so I worked at a bubble tea shop for many many years. I, I ran that too. Me and my my best friend too. It's I stay working with him. Every I don't know why. Everywhere he works, I work for some reason. And. Um, we worked at a bubble tea shop together. It's like the most popular one in Jersey. It closed down now, but it, we had a lot of good memories there. Like I can make some good tapioca. <laughs> but and then like, you know, making my way through that, trying to figure out what I'm doing in my twenties, like where do I want to go? And I said, Okay, well, I want to go back for nursing. And I did found a night program to do so I could still work in the daytime, just do all my regular stuff. Found a medical office to work out of. And, and then COVID hit. And now I'm now I'm 28, and it's like it all like I that whole middle is such a blur of my 20s because everything happened so fast, so many big changes, and I I think I was very lost at that time. Like my my 20 22 to 25, I was very lost. Felt because I there was finally that time where you didn't have someone telling you what to do. You were kind of on your own. You didn't have a schedule. Like getting into college, you're already having, you don't have anyone telling you, you have to go to class. You have to make that decision for yourself. But then when you're out of school, it's just like, you really have to keep, hold yourself accountable for doing things. Like you need to, you need to get out of bed. You need to go make sure you pay these bills. You need to make sure that you set aside time to do this and that, or do groceries, to do laundry, like little things. And cause it really piles up quickly. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to assume that living with mom, everything is like by the T, right? Before, yeah. Yeah. Before. So, And her being so close in age caused a lot of like, we weren't very close. 
when I was in high school. Because when she just gave birth to my siblings, she and she's a very she's very tiger mom. I was closer to my dad because he understood like he's well he was the creative. He was the more like literally. I'm only left handed because my dad was my dad's left handed, and I remember in cap the first grade I used to be right handed. I still am with uh, everything else I do: sports, eating, dry like everything right handed. Drawing, writing, left-handed. Really? First grade, first grade, I was like, I want to be like my dad. I took the pencil. I just started writing with my left hand. The nun, oh my gosh, <laughs> Sister Saldita, she took the ruler and slapped it. She said, no, that's the devil's hand. Mm-hmm. The devil's and hand. The devil's hand. I still did it. And then I've been left-handed ever since. Holy crap. Did you get hit every day? Because you're still using left. Yeah, then she gave up she gave up after a while. It was first grade, though. I remember this. Oh, it's the most ridiculous idea ever. Like left-handed people are the devils. Like why? Why? It's Doesn't just different. It... I think it's, it's just funny. because different. Yeah, it's different, and it's it's funny because now because every time people are like, oh my god, you're you're left-handed. That makes no sense because left-handed people are creative, and I'm like, sure. I just wanted to just I just switched my hand because my dad was left-handed, and I wanted to do that. That's funny. Speaking of your tattoos, you focus on anime tats more often, right? Why did you decide that style? For that style, originally I wanted to do American traditional, like dark, bold tattoos, black and gray. Um, My mentor, my best friend who's my mentor at the time, he specializes in fine line floral realism, completely different things. So when I, he also knew like I'm someone, he could teach me. But I'm also someone who picks up on things pretty quickly. And I also like figuring it out myself. So he was kind of guiding me in a, in a very different way from a regular apprenticeship is where they're usually making you do everything. He, he, was, he gave me more freedom. He was like, I want you to just try. Just do it. Try it. I, and it really became to the point where I was like, okay, I know I like to do black and gray. I like the fine line. But what can I do that will also keep me interested in keeping doing this? Like in the beginning, I did it. It was always like, um, you know, little flowers here and there, little butterflies, like stuff like that. And it got so repetitive. And I asked myself, I'm like, what is popular right now? And then I looked, I was doing some research. I went on Reddit and forums and I was like, whoa, anime tattoos are pretty big and pretty popular. And then as I like immersed more into that, there is a huge anime tattoo following out there. There's anime tattoo conventions now that happen. Um, there's like really, really big artists that I look up to on each coast. And I, it's crazy. Like, it's just like within the past couple of years, anime has like, maybe it's because I'm an adult now and I'm more open to being like, yeah, I watch anime and I enjoy it a lot. Like I do watch normal stuff, but hey, I it makes me feel like a kid sometimes. And there there's a lot deeper meaning to it than it just being a cartoon like you there's a lot of feelings and emotions you could experience from a from an animation which is the craziest part and that's what really pushed me like you know what i've always loved this and this is something i could find that i could talk to people about like i love when clients come and we're able to converse about a show or like put or even recommend new shows to each other and be like oh have you heard of this one and this i have so many like um so many articles of like clothing i i just got a new bag that because a client had it and i was like oh my god where'd you get that and it, she promoted me to uh she she showed me a, a brand new person who just started their own clothing line and i'm like i'm gonna support that and it's kind of cool because 
like you get some every every like community has their toxic people but generally i've been glad i've been getting like the good side of the anime community where we're all just fun nerdy people who vibe yeah there's always like that bully there there is you know like we try to fight these bullies and then suddenly you're the bully you dummy you you know and you know because everyone's so easy to say something when it's behind a keyboard behind Mm -hmm. a computer yeah you know and it's do you get hate online I hope not. No, I hope okay. not. Not, but I I do see it like elsewhere with like people who are like really big like on the social media. Hmm. And, like I'll see the comments. I'm like, what? Like why even? Why do people even post something so negative? Like, what you really had to go? Oh, you had to click that you're gonna comment. Type the comment. Like mm-hmm. you had to type it out and then send it. Like you had three. You had two steps that you could have backed out of like spreading some negativity. Like, did, like I don't get it. Especially when you're putting down someone's art. Oh, a hundred percent. You can't put down someone's art or putting down like someone's style of how they do something when it's mm. not even something you do. Like you don't know how someone works. Like it's not I don't I don't understand it. I like this line about that that's hurt people hurt people. That's true. They yeah. do. Because if you're like a cool person, you would never do that. You would never no. message a I, tattoo artist like, Oh, why did you go left instead of right? Yeah, this is like like you don't judge someone based like on what they do. Everyone they they walk to their own their own beat. Everyone walks to their own beat. They have their own their own reasons for doing the things they do. And honestly, I I'm glad I work at a shop where we're not competitive with each other. Like there's a, there's shops that are very competitive with each other where they'll they'll really fight for getting the clients for them. That's for dumb. us. I, it is and. And I've heard stories from that. I'm lucky, like, this is the only shop I've been, but I, from my coworkers who've worked at other shops, he came in and he, he, I remember he was saying, like, I'm not used to people even, like, sharing things. Like, like I, offered nice. to share, I offered to share him, like, my ink. I was like, hey, I was like, hey, Ryan, whenever you need colors, just go into my cabinet. And he was like, really? Like, they, like, they used to lock it up at the other shop. Like, people would lock their stuff up and everything. I'm like, no, dude, like, as long as you let me know if something's low, it's mm-hmm. fine. Or just don't, like, overuse it. Yeah. Or put put something back. And we're very like I love it because like we're hanging out, and then he he's been tattooing like longer than me, so sometimes I'll go over and watch them. Like, hey, how do you do that? And like he tells me, he's very open, and like we're all teaching each other and taking different techniques. Mm. And even if it's just like I'm using a different product this time, and they're like, whoa, I want to try that. And it's it's always like a learning and growth growing experience because the industry changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's just all so many different styles and new products coming out. Like I tattoo with a wireless machine. It's wireless. Yep, what it's if it dies in the middle? Nope. Ten hour battery charge. You and never I have forget. two batteries. Nope. I charge okay. it every day. All yeah, right. Like it's it's really advanced now because it's it's wireless, it's easy setup. Mm-hmm. Um there are some machines that have Bluetooth compatibility too. I don't know why. It's not like they play music. That's the one my friend has. My best friend has the, that one. I'm like, that's too fancy. I yeah, just want yeah. one that I just want the buttons to tell me everything. Because I used to be, a, I used to have a wired machine, but I would get tangled a lot. Being mm. left-handed, being left-handed is hard enough. Well, because you're the devil. You yeah, know? I'm the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I first, um, when I was first learning to tattoo, I was very confused. I'm like, why is everything wiping off? Like when you put this, st- because you put a stencil down in the <laughs> yes and. I was learning from a right-handed person and I was doing what a right-handed person was doing. So for like almost half a year, 
it took me forever. I was so frustrated. I'm like, why is it not like staying? Why is everything? Then I finally found like my rhythm mm. and how I do, how I can tattoo. I and then it clicks. I want to ask you, what happens when a tat- person that got a tattoo loses weight or gain weight? What that, does the tattoo oh. get online? What happens? There are going to, especially when it's super drastic body changes, you're going to see some mm. some changes with that one. I I get that a lot with clients who, um, especially this area, mm. you know, if, you know, people, this is a very drastic change. Like you can get very muscular or like if you lose weight, it's very flabby. You're under your arm? Under your arm. So yeah. I, I tend to tell people, you know, when, especially when it comes to placement, be mindful. Like if you're on a journey where you're really trying to do drastic changes with your skin, you kind of want to tighten it up first because it will like, it will affect the tattoo. Like, Gen- like you know, our bodies are constantly changing. My first tattoo is not as thin at all when I first got it. It is, is kind of bold and big now. But I'm not a hundred pound, eighteen year old anymore. You know, I'm you. And then women too. Their bodies go through so much change. Like your tat, but generally the body's pretty resilient. Like I, I've se- I had a client who was pregnant and her tattoo it stretched, but it came back and it wow. pretty much re- it retained. It retained pretty well. Like. She only needed a little touch up just because there was some stretch, but it's, it was very interesting when you see it. And that's cool. You also, even with tattoos too, placement's very important. And I tell people like there are parts of your body that you don't realize that are going to twist and move your arm. For example, you could put something flat on your arm here. I tell people this one all the this one it's straight. The moment I turn, it's not like so. It's it's always about perception too. Like. Do you want it to be an angle for other people, for you? How does it look? And I always tell people when I put the stencil on, be vocal. Tell me if you want me to move it because I'm always open. It, the stencils, it's, t- it's temporary. I wipe it off with alcohol. We can always move it. And I tell them, look in the mirror, pose with the tattoo, envision it. Like, we, see if you like you like where it's at because this isn't a permanent decision. And it, sometimes it's me too. I'm like, I'm a little OCD. I'll be like, you know, like eh, I'm going to move it again. I don't like how this looks. <laughs> that's funny right. speaking of that have you ever committed an error on tattooing and did you fix it and how did you fix it mm, error. not purposefully like I'm oh, of course error um i did have one when i oh i'm trying to think of one nothing too I'm, i don't think i would have had anything like too like no like um misspellings like i really with words regrets like words, no regrets. No. I like. I absolutely like. I triple check with people, especially when it's something in different language. I do a lot of Babayan too now, mm, and I love that, that by especially. The way. I tell people, I tell them, I'm like, I do not specialize in this. Mm. I don't know the language, so I need you to make sure when you're giving me the Babayan you want that you're you making sure that's the correct translation. And it's funny, I'll have people like, I called my family in the Philippines to check. I checked online. I'm like, you need to make sure because I can't. I don't want to be held responsible if this is if this is insulting someone's mother or something. If yeah. Anything next, even like the way. Let me know. You know I'm pretty okay with my buying. Oh, I mean, I might need to send people to you then. <laughs> but yeah, and then I did have one instance where oh, it, my heart dropped. So I did the <laughs> tattoo, and then a week later, the, it was one of my regulars, and she just did one like a normal one there, and she messaged a week later, and she said, "Hey." I made a mistake. There's a mistake on the tattoo. No. My heart dropped. And I was like, oh no. And she's like, no, no, no. It was me. I forgot to add. It was the one of the little crosses, little accents. Uh, the kudlitz. The kudlitz, yes. And 
actually, and I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. I thought like something, I thought maybe it was backwards or whatever or anything. Oh my it was just God. that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's so easy. To, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, come in, come in next week. Just with that. But she, my yeah. heart was so scary. But that just, just to, you don't just really have in. to add the kudlit to be honest. Yeah. But I'm like, but that was the, and that was probably like one of my the worst ones, I would say. <laughs> Otherwise, like, because as you're tattooing too, you have to deal with your clients move, people move. Yes. And they do. And you could try to hold them as much as you can, but I get it. It's painful. I try to make them as comfortable as possible. Like, I have a pillow, I have stress balls. My stress balls are Pokeballs, actually. Really cute. They're so, <laughs> what they're a nerd. Children. But it's fun. but I love it because every time I I give it to someone who uses it, they're like, oh my god, is this a Pokemon? I'm like, yeah, it's more fun though. You know, I I could have just got a normal boring blue stress ball. And I'm like, nah, it's gonna be a Pokeball. Of course, of course. And it's and I have different colors. So I ask them like, hey, what color do you want? Ah, oh, that's cool. Speaking of that, so tattooing can be like very physically demanding, right? How do you manage your long hours, like focus on doing <sighs> what you're doing? initially it was very hard like initially when i first started i had to be very mindful especially with my back and my body mm. i didn't realize how much of a toll on your back it takes like especially tattooing in that position um so i really make sure i don't with my time like i do have a, i have coffee every morning i need a coffee but i have to set it far enough i have to have it at least 30 minutes before i tattoo because i can't have it right when i tattoo because then i'm going to be a little jittery you don't want that. You don't want a jittery, a jittery artist. But in the beginning, it used to be three monsters in the day. Because <laughs> this three monsters. Yeah, that, that's the max you can have in twenty four hours. <laughs> but, that's a um, lot. I know it was really bad. My heart rate was always high, but it's like <laughs> I needed it because I would be working like twelve hours initially, and I was working, I was working six days a week because I was just starting out, and then I, I and I was taking maybe like six to eight clients a day and that's a lot of people and i kind of slowly learned i need to if i want to produce the work i want to produce i need to slow down and time myself better i'd rather take less people in a day so that way those four five people can get the best amount of work out of me especially towards the end of the day and it's really about planning out my like every week i plan out my week like i have my designs on sunday mondays are my days off so that's when I will draw for whatever's coming up that week. And I'll try to do two weeks if I can. That way I could have some downtime to, you know, play video games, relax, just chill at home, do errands. And ever since I've switched that to that schedule where I'm like, you know what, I'm capping out at four people a day. If it's a big piece, I'm only doing one big one because I could be tattooing for six hours straight. That's the max I'll do though. But with breaks in between, like we'll take like five, 10 minute breaks. My the thing I'm worse at is I don't eat. So I don't, I'm not, I feel for some reason I feel bad stopping in the middle of a tattoo to ask them if I could take a lunch break, even though yeah. I've gotten long, I've, I've gotten tattoos that are long sessions where my artists have asked me that can they eat? And I said, yeah, of course. I don't know why I can't do it. I just it's feel people I, pleasing. I know it's the people pleasing. And and it's funny because a lot of my regulars are like, now they know me and they're just like, nah, go. They're like, go eat. Just just go. They just know me now. It's so bad. <laughs> I don't want you passing out. They don't like, they'll bring me snacks and stuff now too. Cause they're like, I know you're not going to eat. So just have this it's whenever we take a little break. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, fine. Mm. But it is a balancing act. And I finally found a routine where 
I can definitely output the work I want to produce and for everyone equally. Like, I mean, that's all I want to do. I want to make sure the work is you're paying for you, you you know, you get what you pay for. And Mm -hmm. I really want to make sure like this is worthwhile because you're coming to me and trusting me with such a permanent thing. And I'm already honored to be doing that. Like putting my art on your body, that's already insane enough that there's people out there that I tattoo Mm. and other, and then, and it's so nice to hear them that I get new clients and they're like, Oh my God, I saw this guy with your tattoo and I asked him where he got it. So this is how I found you. And I'm like, wow, like this is just out there and like that. Yeah. And when I, I recently saw a comment on, I just finally got into TikTok. Mm. I'm trying to do that. And I saw a comment. I was like, Oh my God, um, I cannot wait to get tattooed by you eventually. And I was like, that's weird. Like, thinking that someone's like planning to like want to get something from me. What are you talking future. about? There was a girl that tra- transferred, uh, traveled know, from Minnesota. Minnesota. What are you talking about? I know. And then I also have like, I have a regular from Maryland who comes well, every other couple of months. And That's I'm like, you come, crazy. you drive, I'm like, you drive four to five hours to come here. And then the tattoo is probably like two hours. And then you have to drive <laughs> back the same day. He he found me on Instagram. And mm. He's so nice. I was like the sweetest guy. And he, he his parents, I've even tattooed his parents. They came oh, one time. Oh, That's amazing. And I just did, I just actually went in on the first, we're closed, the shop was closed, but I went in for him because it was his birthday. Mm. And that was the only day him and his dad got matching uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, the fist bump. <laughs> yes. So they each got one. So when their arms are together, the fist bump. Then I, I was like, and I was like, I know your schedule is hard and I don't mind coming in that even though we're closed, I'll come in for you. It's just you guys. And they're oh. very, they're very nice people. He's very supportive. So yeah. And he's like around like 23, 24. I'm like, dude, you make the drive all the way here. I could, I could drive 20 minutes on my day off to go to work and tattoo you guys. It's fine. Like, I do not mind. Mm-hmm. And he still brought me a gift. And I'm like, it's your birthday. Why are you bringing me? You brought me a like a, pil- a kilo of pop. Yeah. And it's like those really nice relationships I build with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what do you find the most rewarding about being a tattoo artist? Most rewarding? The most rewarding thing about being a tattoo artist is when you're done with the tattoo and seeing your client's reaction to looking at the tattoo and just when you see them light up, it just makes you feel so good. Cause there's times where you're like, you get a little nervous. Like you're like, Oh, you're at the end. I'm like, Oh, I hope this is what, like what they envision. Cause I'll, you know, from going from a digital rendering of what you're doing, like you can only show so much versus what's on the skin. Like it's cause it's going to be very different. And I'll tell them like, just, you have to trust the process and you know you most of the time they will trust they trust the artist like you're, if you're going to the artist you're trusting them and then you know as there's a little there's a little that pause when you're wiping down the final wipes because they, they probably haven't looked and you're like okay they're about to see it you're and you're gonna you're the artist is waiting to see the client's reaction you wipe it you're like okay you can get up now you can go look at it and then like it's the when you hear the gas it's like the so satisfying it's like yes like Oh, and then they're like, oh my God, I love it. Like it's and then when they say it's better than I imagined, I'm like, yes, like that's what I love hearing. That is like the most satisfying thing is just seeing their reaction and seeing a smile on their face and then and then them trying to grab their phone and being trying to take they're like, Can we take pictures already? I'm like, I'm like, relax. We we're, we're gonna take photos once it's settled, and we put them <laughs> straight. And we also have a photographer and she's wonderful because mm. she really helps a lot. She she showed us what a diffuser is and everything, and she She's what's really helping my our content in general, and she she got me she gets me better too. Like, as, like I said, it's a lot about promoting yourself and 
it's our, social media is hard. It's hard. Instagram <laughs> makes it very hard too. You do well. You do all right. I try. Yeah, I, I understand. It's so hard to like, this is not what I want to do. I want to tattoo people. I don't no, want to take I just pictures. Wanna, I just want to do the other stuff. Like, <laughs> and and I don't got money to hire an assistant. I, and I don't want to hire an assistant because I'm not someone else I have to deal with. I'd rather just figure it out on my own. And bless people who do like have like, we're doing all of this. Like all the time, like I know there's a lot of artists who are just on their own, like no studio or anything. I'm lucky enough to have like, I have a shop manager who he he goes through the inquiries and he'll like he'll forward them to me. Like we have very like clean system of like it's a, very, a huge paper trail, so that way there's no no loss in communication too. And like I don't give I don't give my phone number out to clients. I learn the hard way because they will text you. It'll be late. It'll be like one a.m., two a.m., and they just they drunkenly have a genius idea for text. I'm like, oh. I'm like we're, we're not this close. We can't talk. And Listen, I learned that. how about a clover oh, on top of like a one piece? How's and that? It'll, and it'll be like, I'm like, and you'll know, you'll know it's like one of those nights where they're just out and they just, they're probably with people. And I'm like, oh, it's a 3 a.m. message, text message. I'm sleeping. Please don't text your tattoo artist <laughs> unless you're cool with them like that. And it's funny too, because even now if I go out in, in my area and if I'm in downtown Jersey City and if I'm with my friends, I tell my friends, please don't tell people I do tattoos. Please, like oh I just wanted. Oh my one, god! Yes, I can do, imagine. Every time, because I'm like, don't say it. Like, don't do it. Like, but you know, it happens. I'll be like, yeah, she did my tattoos, and then it starts, and then people are like, oh my gosh, can you do this, this, and this? Can I talk to you about my idea? And I'm like, I'm just trying to enjoy my night out. Can I just can drink, you, bro? Can I just drink? And I'm like. It's happened where I've accidentally agreed to tattoos because I was a little too tipsy. And then <laughs> then they then it happens. And I'm like, why did I agree to this? Because so you were I drunk. Because I was drunk. And I was just trying to be nice. People pleaser. And then I tell them. So now it's just like, there's an inquiry form. You do it online. I will get beautiful. to you when I get to you. That's beautiful. Oh. And listen, I think we're there. But before we close out, I want to ask you one more thing. What advice would you give to someone considering getting their first tattoo? And how can they ensure a positive experience to the design and that they will love years to come? So my advice for that, for especially for first-time tattoos, take your time. Do the research. There are so many resources out there. And don't just settle for the first artist you see. I would say also... It, especially with social media there is so many more ways to find artists you don't have to walk into shops anymore to find a book that they have laying out there everything's online and consultations talk talk to artists like most of them most consultations are free and a consultation is not a commitment it is just a conversation and sometimes like you have to vibe with your artists and like they will guide you through the tattoo experience explain the process to you and even to get your nerves calmed down to make you feel more comfortable. And you want an artist. Some artists are not as spoken. You know, they might not be as talkative, but some are also willing to talk and converse. And you want to find someone who makes you comfortable and also a space that makes you feel safe. Don't go to some basement that has a weird tattoo shop and is dark and dingy or something like that. You want to make sure it's a clean place, safe place, not your friend's college dorm. I know that that's a new thing all the kids are doing. I'm not trying to be a mother or anything, but, you know, it's a tattoo. You want to take your time and think about it. Like, would I cover my first tattoo? No, I don't regret it. 
would I have changed things? Yes. But if I had taken a little longer talk to someone and, you know, just be open, just be like, Hey, these are my concerns. Um, this is what I'm nervous about. You're scared of needles, tell them. And then they're going to guide you through it. Cause if you find a very a artist that is very good at what they do and will have the experience of giving you what you want there, you're going to have a great experience to it, but also don't let one bad experience spoil it for you forever. Cause not all artists are the same. Not all shops are the same, but definitely take the time to do research, read reviews, ask your friends where they go and do consultations, especially mm. that. Well said, Eliana. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Before we close out, which I forgot to say earlier, if you want to say your Instagram account where they can reach you or if you want to promote anything. Oh, okay. Uh, so my Instagram account, oh, my Instagram account is um, at Eliana Marie, A-L-I-A-N-A-M-A-R-E-R-I-E. Oops, Eliana Marie. And that's, um, that is my, my work account with all my tattoos. You will mainly see anime tattoos on there because that is what I specialize in. But I do other things and those are my highlights. I do like silhouette portraits, fine line, words, the buy-in. I also dabble in color tattoos, even though I post a lot of black and gray. But I'm very open to, I love just trying out new things I want to do more. So I'm always down for a challenge. And all of my contact information is on there, my inquiry forms. And also you'll find the links to the shop if you want to just see what the shop looks like. Um, I, I work at Fate Maison. We are, it stands, it um, means self-made. And we, it was a business that a bunch of friends kind of put together and did during COVID. And it's a spot we like to hang out. We have a lot of plants. It's a nice vibe. And we're probably the, the chillest people you'll ever meet. And you'll probably learn a lot, a little too much when you come visit us. <laughs> if you ever come for a tattoo, because we are very open. And now we have a TV and a switch. So oh, we're <laughs> moving yes. up. Now we're moving up. I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Again, Aliana, thank you so much for coming to Pax. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I This was really fun, and oh. I can't wait to see more of your work. I'm going to definitely... I've been telling people about you. Oh, thank so. you. That's so kind Even of you. Even from all, all the way from Jersey, little Jersey. Of and I'll course. make my way up there one day. And maybe you'll come down for a tattoo. If not, then, you know, just come by. Just come visit. For sure, I will. <laughs> Anyways, have a good day. You too. Take care. Have a good holiday. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Ali, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.